today we have with us uh, Eric Gillespie, who's my co-host on my other podcast, OK Productive. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. How are you doing, Leo? Good, good. Uh, do you want to explain a little bit about what OK Productive is? Yeah. So uh, like you said, my name is Eric Gillespie, and you may remember me from such podcasts as OK Productive, uh, where Leo and I explore um, basic and very practical tips about being productive in all shapes and forms. And then uh, today I am subbing in for the usual co-host, uh, Teresa, and hopefully I can do her work justice. Yeah, thanks again, Eric, for subbing for her. Teresa's busy right now, so uh, I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Well, there's been some big news in the Apple space in the last month, and I think now's a good time to cover that and talk a little bit more about Apple and where it stands in 2019 and how that affects business and, and developers. You're specifically referring to uh, the recent announcements from Apple, quarterly results, stalling iPhone sales. And that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about that a little bit. I think one thing is the big reason for this, you'll hear a lot of a lot of chatter on the web, but I think the biggest thing is is the fact that China is actually going through an economic slowdown. So depending on you can make all the arguments about other things and we'll talk about those. But I think that's kind of the elephant in the room with this because not only did it affect Apple, but it also affect Samsung and a lot of other industries in China. So I think that's a good background to keep in mind when it comes to this stuff. Um, and there's a lot of factors in that. I'll link an article to uh, Stratechery where uh, Ben Thompson talks about Apple and some of the mistakes it's made and how China, the way smartphones work in China is everybody pretty much uses WeChat and how it kind of takes away the differentiation between iOS and Android um, because you pretty much are using one app. Uh, we've seen this a little bit in the U.S. with uh, apps like Facebook, which kind of try to do everything for you. But uh, nothing to the extent that WeChat is where it's like your LinkedIn and your Facebook and your Amazon all rolled into one app. So I think that's that's a big uh, determining factor in this is the um, effect of the Chinese economy on Apple. It may be a combination of both the Chinese econ economy and a um, the mode in which Chinese users are actually um, operating their phones and communicating with them. We're also seeing... Amongst other things, uh, a decrease in computer sales. This, of course, isn't anything new. Post some charts um, in the show notes. But uh, we, we've seen a regularly increase in prices when it comes to Macs. Uh, we saw this, especially with like the October event and how Apple put out these two products in the Mac space, the Mac Mini and the MacBook Air and they were still pretty expensive for a quote unquote cheaper laptop. I mean, the MacBook Air, I think, is priced at twelve hundred. Um, and it's not even that that much of a hard drive space, which people will run out pretty quick. So I think that's kind of hurt things. And so the elephant uh, when it comes to iPhone sales or the biggest chunk of excuse me, Apple, Apple's revenue is from the iPhone and now we're seeing, I think, kind of like a maturing or a plateauing of the smartphone market and sort of, I guess you could say, a ceiling when it comes to these iPhone prices. 
Um, a lot of the reviews that came out for the iPhone XR were very positive, but regardless, people just aren't willing to spend the money to upgrade to a 10R because, as has been talked about, there was a lot of scandal last year back in March when it was revealed that Apple purposely slows down phones so that essentially batteries don't die. I mean, it's it's sort of a give and take. The, the choice was either they let batteries crash your phone constantly or they slow down the phone so the battery can be around longer. Apple um, made a lot of efforts to kind of win back the good favor of their audience by introducing the uh, battery replacement program at a very reasonable price. I think it was like 30 bucks. And so we saw a lot of people upgrade their batteries or uh, get new batteries for their older phones. On top of that, iOS 12 came out with uh, some really serious performance upgrades. I know you're an iPhone 6S user, if I'm correct, right? Correct. And I actually took advantage of that um, battery replacement program. I had been hanging on to my 6 for a long time and had noticed that as the operating system uh, got newer and newer, the phone just seemed to get slower and slower. And yeah, the battery was definitely not lasting as long. Um, Part of that, and a big part of that, I suspect, is still just the age and the increased demand on uh, the processor and therefore the battery. Uh, I took advantage of that battery replacement program, they ended up breaking my phone uh, by replacing the battery. And so I ended up getting a uh, <laughs> actually two new phones. <laughs> so I got a new phone and then a week later, the uh, speaker blew on it and then they were out of sixes. So they couldn't replace my six plus with a, another six plus. So they upgraded me. And so uh, I really liked that they were doing the good faith battery replacement in light of um, the reports coming out about how they were downgrading the performance of their phones to increase battery life. However, even though I had a really unfortunate thing happen with my phones and the replacement, I was a huge fan of the uh, support that I got through that replacement fiasco. And then as far as uh, upgrading to another model of phone, I just don't see myself upgrading to any of the latest models anytime soon. I mean, I'm still running a 6S Plus right now, and it's doing everything that I need just fine. And um, I'm still discovering that there's things that are in this phone that I'm not taking advantage of that you have been willing to share with me and uh, introduce me to. Those are really nice and new to me. And so I might make incremental upgrades to like perhaps maybe an eight in a year or two. But yeah, I just don't have a strong need or desire to upgrade to the latest and greatest anymore. Yep. And I totally understand that. I think there's been a big push for the kind of all screen iPhone 10 style display with a lot of the upgraded inner specs for like machine learning and things like that. But I don't think there's been the payout um, the, the where machine learning has really been. And I've seen this uh, it is when it comes to uh, the camera. But if you're not like the most avid photographer there really isn't a need to like upgrade to um 
a 10 model, quite frankly. Uh, that I mean, that's the reason one of the two reasons I would say I upgraded to a, a 10s from an eight plus was I wanted to have that all screen display because if I develop apps, I want it to be compatible with that. And the upgraded camera, which I'm a average photographer of my family, uh, and I just like to take pictures in general. So like that, that to me was worth it. But I also had no desire to ever upgrade for a long time. Um, I've upgraded from like four to five S to six plus to six S plus to eight plus and now to 10 S. And I, I just don't see what great feature is going to come out that is going to blow me away and want me to get a new phone. Uh, it just, it's not going to happen. And it's certainly not going to happen at a price over, over $1,000 for quite a while. And that kind of goes to my uh, last point. Smartphones have kind of matured, plateaued. And I think uh, what we'll see is uh, a big growth in services. And we've seen Apple make a lot of moves in the services space just in the last month. Services is basically anything web related or cloud related. This could be App Store revenue, which we'll talk about is a little bit problematic. iCloud space, which also is kind of problematic. Uh, Apple Music, iTunes. It sounds like it's a lot of things that you would pay monthly for. And it might just be a couple of bucks, but that's guaranteed revenue in small amounts, but spread out across a lot of different potential users. Yeah, exactly. The thing is kind of problematic is how expensive iCloud space is. It's kind of ridiculous how much it costs. And it kind of follows the complaint that people have about Apple's pricing. But it's also kind of a necessary service because if you're going to back up your phone, 99% of people don't want to have to back up their phone using iTunes. They're just going to want to automatically do it through the cloud. And then as far as like the App Store revenue, Apple takes quite a big cut compared to a lot of the so-called called app stores that are out there. Yeah, it's like, isn't it 30% or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Netflix uh, no longer offers in-app purchases. You have to sign up on the website as of this month. Uh, They've cut that out. And now, like, if you download the Netflix app, you can't just buy Netflix services through the app. You have to buy it off the web and then sign into the app. So that's, you can sort of see a lot of apps are taking the direction away from Allowing Apple that cut. Uh, if you've used the Amazon app, for instance, you've probably seen the strange uh, user experience that Amazon has to do to try to not sell ebooks through their app, which is a little bit strange. Yeah, I've noticed and presumed that uh, with my Audible subscription, it, that it was because of those uh, those middleman cuts. Yep, exactly. Which is ridiculous. Um, And then the other problem with app store revenue is how much of it probably is coming in through, quite frankly, gamified, addictive uh, gaming in-app purchases. Um, And that's kind of where in-app purchases are most useful, but also most problematic in the sense of um, that's it's unfortunate that that's where they're making their money is through app store um, games, uh, game in-app purchases. And not necessarily for uh, in-app purchases that make the games more robust experience, but of course, just in-app purchases so that you can beat a game and mm-hmm. do it quicker. Um, so that's kind of the situation with services. Uh, as far as like Apple Music and iTunes, we've seen uh, from CES now Apple is offering iTunes and uh 
and Apple Music through several third party uh, hardware devices like Samsung TVs. And I think you can get Apple Music now on an Echo. So Apple is being a little bit more uh, liberal about the availability of their services outside of Apple devices, such as the HomePod and the Apple TV. So I think that's where Apple is going to put a lot of their pushes in services and things like that. And as far as uh, slowing iPhone sales, is there anything else that jumps out at you that you wanted to cover? Well, smartphones in general, I think, are at a point where like computers might have been 15 years ago. So um, it's just it's become a mature product. And uh, I don't see I don't see necessarily anything like all the buzzwords we've heard in the last 10 years as far as like machine learning or AI or I don't know what else. Wearables, 3D printing, cryptocurrency, you name it, uh, any of those buzzwords. I don't see any of those necessarily overtaking iPhones the way iPhones had taken over computers. But I do think like Apple is trying to figure out what the next big thing is. And uh, for now, I, it might be services until they come out with something with more momentum. I like that analogy with desktop computers in the 90s and uh, early 2000s. There was a lot of increase in computing speed. And then once the introduction of uh, multi-core processing and uh, GPUs was introduced, it seems like there haven't been a whole lot of hardware innovations and people haven't had a need to continue upgrading their computer like every year or two. And it seems like the same sort of thing is happening with the phones now. And so, you know, it's these other things like you were saying, what's the next big thing? Will it be some kind of an innovation in phones? Maybe not. It might be something completely new. Right, right. I mean, like we had SSDs, we had uh, which made hard drives a ton faster. We had uh, LCD monitors, which made monitors a lot more uh, manageable, lighter and, and better, better picture. But like as far as computers are concerned, I can't think of a major innovation outside of outside of the inter- Internet and how Internet has advanced. That's really made computers necessary to upgrade. OK, so. Uh, aside from how this is affecting the ways that Apple may be making money in the future, um, what other ways does it affect their business? Well, I think that Apple needs to figure out a way to make the case to have such high prices when it comes, especially to their Macs. So going back to our discussion, like a lot of the innovation in computers has kind of slowed down quite a bit. Um, but the prices on Apple's computers have um, gone, haven't gone, followed the trend of most desktop and notebook computers. There's just all these things and issues that people have run into with these computers, like the controversy with the keyboard. So I think the hope is, is that Apple kind of figures out how to get the computer market and provide more services, especially to their businesses and to entrepreneur, like, excuse me, They want to provide more services to businesses, education and enterprise, kind of their big ticket, uh, big companies that probably provide a lot of the revenue when it comes to hardware. Okay, so capitalizing on the the bigger chunks of income instead of lots and lots of 
small sources of income. Yeah, and I think they're going to want to provide uh, more support in that area. Two, as we said, Apple's going to be moving more into services. So there might be more incentive for businesses to use iCloud or to use their office suite of Keynote and Numbers and Pages. And, and then probably there's going to be more development of services in that area as well. So I think... If that's what they want, that's what they're going to do. Um, going back, I, I think out of the big five companies in tech, there are three three of them that have a vested interest in cloud uh, and the cloud space and virtual machines and that stuff. So obviously Amazon's the, the biggest one with AWS, but then we have uh, Google Cloud Platform and then we have Microsoft Azure. Uh, that leaves the scandal-ridden social network that probably is going to continue to decrease in popularity and Apple, who's stuck with the iPhone in good, many good ways and bad ways. So I think Apple's going to have to figure out a way to get into that cloud space and help businesses in that way without making having to make too much of an investment so i don't i don't know how they do that but i think there's probably an interest in that space kind of picking back on our conversation to talk about developers i think there may be more of a push for apple in the cloud the closest we get to anything as far as the cloud when it comes to apple is CloudKit, but CloudKit is just simply a database there's no cron jobs you can set up there's no background processes uh, there's nothing and then like for robust mobile app you'd think that they would offer a service that's a little bit more than that like at least a lambda or something that um, can do some background processing for you rather than having to depend on another company like amazon or google or microsoft or whomever to do that for you so I, i'm going to be interested to see in wwdc if there's going to be more of an investment in apple into the cloud something more robust than just simply CloudKit, which is essentially a database and I'm also interested to see there's I do a lot of Swift development and I've saw in September when I was at TriSwift, the big push towards server side Swift. Uh, you have perfect, um, which is uh, one of the web frameworks, server side frameworks. Uh, there's vapor, which is probably the most popular of the three, which has um an open, which is an open source framework for doing server side Swift um, that I've been working with lately. Uh, and then uh, IBM has Katura. And uh, if there's any company that has a vested interest in the enterprise, it's going to be IBM. So it'll be interesting to see if there's going to be more of a push towards uh, server side stuff. Uh, from Apple, a little bit more of a vested interest from Apple in that space, uh, and then maybe picking piggybacking off that in order to have uh, more of a more of a foothold when it comes to cloud services. So uh, I don't know; it'll be interesting to see about that because it seems to me like when it comes to services as well as uh, development, uh, some sort of cloud service might be coming down the line. I don't know, but. It seems like that fits with with where they might be heading in 2019. Some of the uh, things that you're pointing out that we could look out for for Apple in 2019. Um, you're seeing that Apple is going to continue shifting more into the services space as a way to balance out their slowing iPhone sales. And those slowing iPhone sales, while they are uh, slowing industry-wide, um, it may be because smartphones are now mature enough, like now is a good time to uh, take on this idea that your iPhone isn't going to be 
continually upgraded to the latest and greatest. And so there's some stability in there. And so that has some uh, benefits to businesses in addition to users. And then let's see, the last thing I've got here is um, for developers that move from Apple into more services could also mean that they're going to put a bigger focus on cloud and some of like DevOps. And so there may be some exciting new opportunities for uh, developers to look out for this year for from Apple as well. And I think if there are businesses that are looking to take advantage of the maturity of smartphones and how how widespread they are. If you haven't already, definitely uh, make sure your website, make sure your app is updated and ready to go. And if you have any questions, please contact me, Leo at brightdigit.com for any questions you might have. Awesome. And thanks for inviting me on to uh, co-host in Teresa's stead. I appreciate the time. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Bye-bye. Take care.